views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I also want to welcome you to Transformation Talk Radio. And I want to welcome all of you that tune us in, turn us on, wherever you are, however you're listening. You know, a long time ago, I, I heard a term. And it was a, a term back in my telephone company days that uh, once I heard that term, I, I didn't really quite understand what it meant. But I remember the the executive vice president of the company talking about what the vision was for the telephone company. And, and, you know, if you can even remember back like uh, 1990 for a minute. And I remember he had to create and craft this vision uh, for the company. And it didn't matter really what he was going to craft or create. I don't think he could have he could have seen the vision as far out as we are today and what's transpired in the way we communicate. But a word that he used was ubiquitous. And I never really understood what that word meant uh, until we actually started to live that life, live that life where beyond an esoteric point of view of us all being connected, we now live in a world where we really, really are connected. So for me, being able to say in my 10th year doing the Dr. Pat show, we have a 10th year anniversary this year in a world that I've actually seen change dramatically since 2003. What I've come to, to be is in awe. I've, I've, I've come to this place to be in awe of the amazing listenership we have. All of you that listen to this show whether it be live or as the email I got from Pakistan the other day, someone picked up a show, an archive somehow. This is the world we live in. And what I've come to know is, and we talked about this here on the team, we've come to know that we, we have an incredible responsibility and accountability about the messages, the vibration, and what we bring out in the world. And when I started this in 2003, I had a sense of it. But now, today, it's not a sense of it anymore. It's a responsibility and accountability to all of you to make sure that we're showing up at the highest vibration and level possible. That's our commitment to you. As you see our websites change, as you see Call to Shine being launched, and so many other things in the next two months, it's really in service of all of you 
and what you've inspired all of us to better become as human beings. And I want to thank all of you for doing that. Whether it's a pay it forward show that we do with a chiropractor who's gifted, somebody in need, a full year of services, or today's show with an amazing woman that has become the essence of what soulful living is about. You know, someone that the very first time I met her, and actually didn't meet her, I got to, to watch her perform, you, you could absolutely know that she was called to a greater purpose, a purpose that you can't sit down and put on a vision board, you know, a purpose that you actually can't sit down and visualize to its essence and its ultimate degree of universal connection. And, you know, Esther Nicholson, my guest today, is much more than the book that we're about to talk about. You know, when you run into somebody that has a level of vibration and a very sense of being in the world that is in service of such a level level of spiritual consciousness, evolution, and connection, this is somebody you want to hang out with. It's somebody that you think about and you say, what an, a messenger, what an angel, you know, that has been put on this planet to really do good work and to be of good work and to be of service. Today I get to have a conversation with her. And, you know, while we briefly met, and I say briefly met once, you know, there's a sense that you connect with somebody that goes far beyond the time that you spend with them. Today I get to introduce her to all of you through the very essence of the book that she wrote, Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction. Now, why is this important to me? Uh, well, if any of you ever listen to any shows I do about my past, you have a sense of who I used to be. That was then, this is now. And so I want to have each of you take a look for a minute at your lives just to get a sense of what your personal story is. Is it riveting? Is it inspiring as, 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 as Esther's story is? You know, is it, is it the sense that you have a gift to give in the world, whether it's music, whether it's singing, you know, whatever that is? But please remember, you have a gift. Today's show, you're going to hear a lot. You're going to hear a lot about, you know, what this woman has decided to step out into the world and become part of and then have part of it become her. Today, I get to chat with her about soul recovery. It's a brilliant book, by the way. You know, it is, it is a brilliant book in a sense that for those of you that have ever gone through a 12-step program, have ever sat in front of a sponsor who pretty much is telling you, mm, you really think you have your act together, but you don't. Uh, and you go down this path of thinking, am I ever, ever going to live the life that I desire? This is the book, and this is the person you want to chat with. I'm so honored, Esther, to have you on the show. It's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat, and I do remember our meeting, and it was really special that those few moments that we had together, and, and thank you for bringing that to mind when uh, when we first got on this, on this talk. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Well, uh, we're going to talk about the book because I really do think it is just an incredible, incredible message for a lot of people in the world today. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember a time, I know I remember a time as I look at you know, my my anniversary coming up here in July, uh, July oh. 29th. Um, happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's, an, it's a big birthday. It's like, uh, you know, and honestly, I can't remember what happened on that day in 1990 that made me change my life. 
Um, but the word addiction, it used to be something that if you said it, you you really felt awful about yourself. I mean, we don't talk about addiction. And I want to ask you, are we redefining addiction? Is there another way for us to look at this? Well, I definitely am. And, and that is what I want to introduce into the world is another way of defining addiction. Most people hear that word and they automatically go to drugs, alcohol, food, or gambling or something like that or sex or, or something like that. And my, my view of addiction is definitely you have, is when you have lost the power to choose. But those are not the only effects that you have lost the power to choose when you um, are experiencing a conscious disconnect from your soul. You know, there are so many of us that have lost the power to choose our next thought. There are so many of us that have lost the power to choose whether or not we're going to worry ourselves to death or be in fear of lack and limitation. There are so many of us that have lost the power to choose whether or not we're going to procrastinate and find ourselves in the same cycle that we were in last year that we made a New Year's resolution about. So, yes, I am definitely about redefining that word addiction to not just mean, to not just apply to people that, you know, have been addicted to drugs and alcohol. Right. Where have you lost the power to choose? Mm. Where have you lost your mastery? Where is something outside of you dictating whether or not you're going to do it or not? You know? I love that. You know, someone said to me a while back, you know, uh, God forbid that peace were to break out. What would we do? And, you know, <laughs> it's an interesting got to say it. It's like, you know, we also we, we talk about war breaking out or chaos breaking out. You know, and I remember what he said to me. He said, oh, my gosh, God forbid, you know, what, what if peace were to break out, what would people do? So what, what from your perspective, you know, what do you think is at the core of this? You know, and I, I love to talk about this, you know, this ramped up version of addiction to many, many things out in the right. world right now, especially the addiction to our, you know, to, to that realization that we have forgotten that we can actually choose things. Right. Well, the, the cause of addiction or dependency to anything external to our own souls and, and our own way of being, I believe, is a disconnect from our wholeness, which is God, which is spirit, universal principle, our soul, you know, which is always whole, perfect, and complete. It's our true identity. And we were created in that limit, in that image and likeness. So we were not created broken or damaged or addicted. We were created whole perfect and complete, but we may have been born into dysfunction. And because of our environment, um, our home environment, our school environment, our family environment, whatever, we have been taught to, to have those feelings of low self-worth and low self-esteem and not enoughness and all of that. And when you are, are, are suffering from, from those maladies, and Bill Wilson, founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, says that Addiction is based in a spiritual malady, a mental obsession, and a physical allergy. So when you are dealing with the spiritual malady, which is the disconnect, which then creates the mental obsession, it leaves you hungry. Mm. It leaves you, you know, with this insatiable 
hunger and this hole that can never be filled. That's why you keep trying to do the same thing over and over again, trying to finally get fixed and trying to get, get that hole filled up. And so I believe because that is the cause of all addiction, that the solution of healing any addiction or dependency, of course, is the reconnection to your soul, mm. the reconnection to your wholeness. You know, one of the things I loved about reading your book and, and also being reminded of my own personal journey is that um, one of, I think, the, the misconceptions that is out there about whether it's addiction or alcoholic anonymous or whatever it is, is this idea that this is not a spiritual journey. And I think, you know, for me, looking at my own personal journey with this, it, you know, it is the thing for me that had me relapse. It's really not a situation of whether or not, you know, the program works. But what was the missing ingredient? And what I discovered was, and you talk about this in the book, is that this connection to source and to God, this this connection, we sometimes forget. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, what was the pivotal point in your life that had you be so brilliantly reminded that that connection was available to you as at the drop of a hat in a nanosecond? When I um, committed to the third step, became willing to turn my life over to the care of God as I understood God. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I didn't understand God at all, you know, because I was raised um, with a God that was very punishing and judgmental and, and very distant. But I needed to turn my life over to the care of something that was stronger than my five senses, that was stronger than the mental obsession and the physical allergy that I was experiencing and the dysfunction in my life. And so I was just willing to be willing to be willing to know that there, there was something, something loving about this God something more powerful than me. And when I said that third step prayer, God, I offer myself to thee to mm. build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self so that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy love, thy power, and thy way of life. May I do your will always. I, when I said that prayer with 10 other people, a hush came over the room that I had never experienced before. A love descended upon us that brought me to my knees in, in gratitude and in awe. And I knew I had felt the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And that was the turning point in my spiritual experience. Hmm. You know, one of the things uh, that, boy, that was beautiful. I mean, I'm going to tell you, you, you are, you are on the verge of, of, of bringing them tears to my eyes right here listening to you. Um, and that's one God of the will things. do that. Yes. <laughs> I love talking about this because here's the deal. The fact that I am, and if you ever listen to my show, it doesn't take much for me to cry. I mean, I, I get to talk with some of the most incredible people on the planet. You know, 10 years later, over 7,000 interviews, and I will tell you a large part of them, my eyes are filled with tears. And someone asked me once, and I want to ask you this question. You know, they said to me, now they have cameras in the studio so that, you know, you can't hide anymore. 
So, <laughs> so someone said to me, "What's up with you? What? What? what I mean, are, are you having a nervous breakdown? Are, are you on the edge? You know, are you?" And here's what I said, and I want to see if this is true for you. I said, "You know what? I said for the first forty years of my life." I was bottled up tighter than you can shake a stick at. And I said, crying was never going to be anything I did, let alone crying in public. And I said, I'm so glad to be free. And I want to talk to you about freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and about freedom that comes from both the addiction and the release of the addiction. And I say those words very, they're kind of tricky, but I want to, I want to talk about freedom because I would never cry. And now I have no shame in crying. What is it about that level of vulnerability that one gets when they commit to a program such as this? And, and especially the 12 keys, you know, the, the principles right. you use in this book. What is it about that sense right. of freedom? Well, well I think, now I think I know that the, na- the very nature of spirit, the very nature of higher power, the very nature of God, whatever it is that you choose to call it, is freedom. Mm. So the closer that you get in consciousness, first of all, because you're always, you're always one with it, but you forget that you're one with it. And so you become distant. You know, in in that in that disconnect, but that the more you connect to the truth of who you are, the 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 freer you become because that is your very nature. You know, the, the closer you become to the, the truth of who you are, the more you love because that love is is who you are. Love is your true identity. So now you are in this place where you are more awake, Doctor Pat. Than you have ever been before mm. to your own to your own divinity, and because you are awakened to your own divinity, you are connected to the divinity in others. And so, when you hear something that moves you, that resonates uh, within you as truth, there there is no sub self consciousness of oh God, I don't want to embarrass myself, or oh God, I have to protect myself, because there's nothing to protect yourself from from this place of oneness. You are safe. So that freedom to me is the closer that I get to remembering who I am as an expression of the divine, the the, the more I connect to it, the more I am, the more I am everything that it is. And that's Mm. vulnerable and free and compassionate. You know, when I hear someone else's story, you know, it moves me to tears because I am them, and I feel love for them, and I feel empathy for them, and I feel compassion for them. When I see a little two-year-old kid that, you know, is, is walking with their arms swinging, trying to keep up with their mom, it makes me cry because it's love, you know? Um, so that's my take on that, is that the closer that you come to the realization of your wholeness, the freer you are to be what is called for in that moment. Mm. You're in that moment by moment process you 
I think it's incredible. One of the things I want to talk to, for those of you tuning in, Esther Nicholson joining me here today, um, she's written a beautiful book, Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction, and we're going to make sure you have a website and find out lots about her in a second. Um, I wanted to talk to you about soul recovery. I love this term. I, I just Thank love you. this term. And, you know, as many years <laughs> as many years as, you know, I, I do this program, never heard such a term so beautifully spoken about. And the way that you talk about the keys, one of the things you say, and I really would love for you to talk about, you talk about spiritual principles designed to heal the mind and your life. Who doesn't Absolutely. want that? Who doesn't uh-huh. want that, Esther? That's right. That's right. Right. But most people are conditioned to want it from the outside in mm-hmm. versus the inside out, Dr. Pat. And mm-hmm. I know on your own spiritual journey that you understand that it takes being a spiritual warrior to have the oh. courage to, to do what is necessary to do on this spiritual journey to release those old patterns and those old ways of being. It takes wanting the fulfillment and the fullness of your life more than you're afraid to go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It it takes wanting it. It it takes being willing to die, the willingness to die um, so that you might live. And most, there are a lot of people on this planet that they think if I move conditions around out there, then I'll be happy and I can have the life that I want until they realize that even the condition that they've moved around, it's only temporary. It only stays in the place that they want it to stay temporarily. And when it moves and when it shifts, then they're miserable and they're unhappy again. And so what soul recovery is about, it's not about recovering from something. It's about the recovery of the real something, your wholeness, your soul, and that when you are connected to that, you're not busy trying to move, move conditions around and, and, and change the effects of your life. It is through the, through, through the reconnection of, of who you are that it's from that place that conditions are, are transformed and, and those, that, those that do not serve you fall away with so much more ease and grace. So that's what soul recovery is about. Mm-hmm. It's about revealing your inherent nature of wholeness. Well, I, I love this. And, you know, one of the things I want to really get to right away is right out of the gate you talk about key one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. I, I, I had a sense that you were kind of about this, you, you know, that you were not going to beat around the bush with things. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I got a sense of that. Um, but you come out of the gate in key one and you say you are the power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let's back up for a minute, right? So for many of you listening to the show, when you come into the gate and say you are the power, uh, Esther, you're talking about you, me, everybody listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Study was done not too long ago, and they asked women how they felt about power. And, um, and it, uh, almost across the board, it's an extremely difficult word for most people to even use in a positive mm-hmm. vein. Women, on the other hand, don't like it at all. But yet, we can talk about one power. We could talk about the power of God. We can talk about the power of the universe. But embracing, and key one, you are the power, seems to be a mega step. And I wanted to ask you about 
This became key number one. It's a showstopper. If we can't do this, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the keys. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's why. Well, you know, it, you know, the, the, the keys. Each key is an expansion of the twelve steps. Yep. So, step one says we admit it; we were powerless, and our lives have become unmanageable, which is a very important step as far as surrender is concerned. But that step was never meant for us to pull over and park there, as so many people do. That step was created to, to, to evoke such a sense of surrender and releasing of your, of your self-will and your self-control from an egoic place that you would open up and, and to, to the real power to the sunlight of the spirit that has been there all the time. So key one says, okay, we've dealt with step one, I am powerless, but and that was from my place of disconnection from my wholeness. But now that I am reconnecting to my soul, the truth of who I am, I am no longer powerless. I am the power. It is individualized as me. It is right where I am. And from this place, I am empowered, and my life is in divine and perfect order. Why? Because that is the nature of the one power. And if this one power is individualized as me, then that must be my nature too. Wow. I want to ask you, in your journey all along the way, how would you describe yourself if you had to pick a song? Because I know I haven't even talked about your relationship to music, but I think I, this is a good time. <laughs> if you had to pick a song to describe your journey from where you were to the present moment we're in now, what would that song be? Hmm. I would say you know, without having uh, given it a, a lot of thought from the perspective that you just, <laughs> that you just said, you know, I, I would say off the top of my head, um, Higher Ground, which mm. is uh, an old gospel hymn, you know, I'm pressing on the upward way. You know, I choose higher ground. My, I have no desire to stay where fears abound. My prayer, my aim is higher ground. And that has been the story of my life. It's like I was never willing to pull over and accept, even when I was on drugs, on yeah. crack, doing those demoralizing things, there was something in me that said, not for you, Esther. This is not where you're going to stay. Higher ground. I'm pressing on the upward oh, way. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What have been What have been some of the most... Um, how should I say, pivotal moments in your life? And I love the term pivotal. I, I think we got I think we have a gazillion of them. I really do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I know this is like, wow, this is, where is she going with this question? But there are pivotal moments. And, and I just want to ask you, in the past year, can you pinpoint in the past year a pivotal moment that you experienced? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty easy. I um, was this time last year on July 9th. Today is July 9th, yes? Yeah, uh, 10th. 
Okay. But yesterday. I, all right. Yeah. I was madly in love mm. with with a man that was madly in love with me. Mm-hmm. And we were planning a life together. And by August, he had changed his mind and had forgotten that he loves me. And that catapulted me into such a dark night of the soul and the patterns and the feelings of abandonment and rejection and betrayal and feeling forgotten and diminished and all of those core wounds that I thought I had dealt with in my 26 years of sobriety Mm. were so in my face. I was like a little two-year-old girl, and that was beautiful because I got to be with my little girl in a way that I'd never been with her before. And I got to watch that pattern and those beliefs heal within my beingness, those those illusions of abandonment and betrayal and all of those, those, that story that was keeping me in the pain, that was keeping me stuck, I got to watch them dissolve through working every key in my own book over and over and over and over again until I woke up and I remembered who I was. And in remembering who I was, I could say, wow, thank you, God, I give thanks for that experience because I couldn't be here again today, this powerful, I am the power woman without that experience. And I didn't need that person to change one iota. I didn't need him to change his mind and come back one iota for me to remember who I was. What I needed was to reconnect to my soul on an even deeper level. So that was a huge pivotal moment, time in my life. You know, I I think this is really, wow, I'm just, it's so interesting, you know, that we can point to an experience like that. Um, and I, too, I, I, I pointed to a pivotal ending of a 14-year relationship as, as such an incredible pivotal point. And, you know, while you're in the middle of it, every bit of sobriety gets tested at least for me, as I think it did with you. But but one of the things you said that I really want to talk to that uh, you also say in the book is we don't know what we don't know about our own inner strength mm-hmm. and and the power of our connection to God or God, whatever, the divine. And in those moments... There's something that you say in this book that I really want to talk to. In those moments, it is so important as one of the keys that you talk to, to make sure you remember never to give up. I want to talk about that for a minute. Because I think it's different than persevering. And, you know, (laughs) I don't know about you, but if you hand this book to some of your friends, right, uh my w- one of my signature questions what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail i've had more people want me to change that question and get rid of the word fail than you can even imagine <laughs> but never give up i don't know how you say it any other way because it's very powerful why is this important for us to remember well 
I'm going to answer that question, um, Dr. Pat, but, but, I, but I first just want to revisit a comment that you just made okay. prior to that when you said that your pivotal moment when you, mm-hmm. when your 14-year relationship broke yeah. up and that, you know, it felt like your sobriety, you know, was on the line or whatever mm-hmm. because it brought up so much for you. And mm-hmm. I just want to just share from my experience, my sobriety was never on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I might have eaten a few more Krispy Kreme donuts, you know, than than I normally would have. But it's like I truly believe that, and this is not truly not coming from an arrogant place. It's coming from a place that Bill Wilson promised. I know that I am recovered from that. I, you know, and so when I could be on the floor in the worst pain imaginable and taking a drink or going to take a hit of cocaine or some marijuana, it's just not a vibrational match for me anymore. And, and so I know that through these keys that whatever someone is suffering with, that you can recover, not mm-hmm. just, you know, abstain from it for a while or whatever, you can get to a place where it is just not your life anymore on any level. Because that was never the problem in the first place. Right. The, the problem in the first place was the stuff I was actually dealing with, those feelings of abandonment and all of that kind of stuff, and, and the disconnection the disconnection from my soul. You know, so there's, there's that piece. I just, I just wanted to... to, to I, I think I'm glad you said that. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said that because, you know, um, I'm at the same place that you're at. Um, I'm at today. Mm-hmm. You know, my sobriety is never in question. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, and I, and I do want to talk to this, is what I discovered is there's no limit, no obstacle, no ended relationship, no job you're going to lose, you know, no sickness, nothing. There's not a single thing out there to this day that can keep me from my God. Right. Absolutely. I I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, there were moments in time, and I want to say nanoseconds, nanoseconds in time, where I had to step back and say, my relationships ended. I have a disease that people say going to kill me any day. Uh, not really sure how everything's going to work on the other end of it. That the only place I could go was to the God of my choice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful place to go, you know. Mm-hmm. And that we experience powerlessness, that first step, all through our lives. You know, it doesn't, you know, just happen at that time when you got sober. You know, when I was going through that, there were days when I knew I was powerless over the mm. how how quickly I was going to heal, you know, because I wanted to be over it like yesterday, <laughs> you know. I wanted to be, you know, it's like I wanted to hurry up and rush my healing process because I didn't want to feel the pain. And I, and I got, I'm powerless. I'm powerless over my healing process, but what I am not powerless over is my commitment to doing the work. That's right. My commitment to doing the work right in the midst of this dark night. And that's from this place of oneness, of reconnection with the divine, I am powerful. And I am already on the other side of this in the mind of God. I just have to make the trip. Mm. And the trip is working the keys, practicing the keys. 
and healing from that way, in that way. Thank you. Thank you for making sure that everybody out there listening, you know, really got, you, you know, your journey and what soul recovery is about. I want to talk about never giving up, but before we do that, I would love for you to tell folks how they can get a copy of Soul Recovery. For those of you just tuning in, Esther Nicholson, my very special guest today, Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Edition. This is amazing, amazing book, folks. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Tell folks how they can find out more about you. I know you're going to be speaking at various places. Uh, what's the best yes. way for folks to know that? Right. Well, you can find out more about Soul Recovery by going to www.soulrecovery.org. And on August 13th will be my second uh, time taking participants through a 10-week course where I take them personally through the 12 keys. And so you can go and sign up for that on soulrecovery.org. Uh, you can All of the information about Soul Recovery is there, and you can order the book on Amazon.com, and it's also at Barnes & Noble in your, in your local bookstores. Thank you. Thank you for, for – absolutely, thank you for telling us about that. Now, for those of us that are, uh, you know, in the Seattle area, you're also going to be coming to Seattle. Can you tell folks a little bit about when that might be happening? That's going to be on November 17th, and that's right. also on soulrecovery.org with, with my calendar, my tour dates. Um, so that's going to be on November 17th. Um, at uh, Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, where I'm, I will be the guest. I will be the guest speaker, the music, and um, the workshop facilitator. And anyone listening to the show, if if you'd like to have me come speak, then just while I'm out there in Seattle, then get in touch with us and, and let us know. I hope when you're out in Seattle that you'll come in enough time that you can actually join me in studio. I would love for you to do that and uh, do a show with me in the in the studio and in, 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 in on the Dr. Pat show live. Oh, that'd be awesome, Dr. Pat. Ah, <laughs> cool. <sighs> you know what's that song? I'm never gonna give up. Uh, you know I can't sing, but the point is the song that I that I sing is about never give up. It doesn't matter what note I hit, you know what key I'm on. But there is a rhythm to the freedom of never give up. And I want you to talk about it the way you talk about it in the book. You know, one of the things that, that you talk about, you know, is step seven. And you talk about we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Wow. I remember that one very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, can you? Can you please share with our listeners? There's a lot in this chapter. Can you share, you know, what never giving up means at the soul level? Never giving up at the soul level is a spiritual tenacity. You know, I mean, I look at all of the stuff that I've gone through before I, before I got sober and in, in my sobriety and anyone else would have been like, you know what, man, I'm done. I'm out of here. This mm. is done. But something in me always knew, just like when I was out there and I was doing drugs and all that stuff, something in me always knew, you're more than this. You're more than this. I got your back. You're going to come out on the other side of this. Don't lay down now. Get up. Get up. You can do it. And I say in that chapter, fight for your life, beloved. Now, what fighting for your life means is do not give up until you know that you are one with God. Do not, I don't care if 
you sit down and meditate and it feels like, oh, my God, I can't stop my mind from wandering or, you know, a relationship breaks up or, you know, you lose all your money or whatever happens, go ahead, you know, have your tantrum, have your hurt. It's not okay to do a spiritual bypass and not acknowledge your feelings and then get up. Get up and never give up. Fight for your life. Know your oneness with God no matter what it takes. And that, that is where I am, Pat. It's like, you know what? When stuff yeah. comes up for me, I'm like, you can't have me. You cannot have me. Yep, I'm feeling it. It kind of sucks right now, but you can't have me. I'm going to have my little tantrum, but I'm getting back up. I know who I am. I love this. I mean, I, I, I feel every sense of what you're saying in, in the cells in my body. I was reading, I was reading one line of this and I wrote it down. I mean, it's now my, my, my favorite quote. Humility is the willingness to know your oneness with love even when you can't feel it. That's right. I had to read that over and over and over again and I thought, Dang, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right. And, you know, even now today, you know, I was experiencing a little something, something, and mm-hmm. I just went within to my heart, spirit, and I said, I trust you. I trust you. You know, and, and that's what it comes down to for me. But in order to get to that level of trust, even when it doesn't look like it or even when you can't feel it, is to first practice that first key in knowing your oneness with this this power. Knowing that not only can it restore you to sanity, but it is restoring you back to the truth of who you are. Because in the second step, it says, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Well, you can't be restored to something that you never had, mm-hmm. you know? And then in the third key, you know, in the third step, it says, turn my will and my life over to the care of God that I understand. But the third key says, quoting scripture, with all of your getting, get understanding about the nature of this power and presence that we call God. And when you get understanding about love, freedom, peace, order, joy, and know that you are one with it, and it is from that place that no matter what the appearance looks like, you can say with all of your heart and soul, I will be done because you know it's got your back. And so mm. even when I can't feel it, I go within and I just say, I trust you. I'll never give up. I know. I know who I am. Wow. You know, certainly for those of you listening to the show, you know, there is so much that Esther and I can talk about. And, you know, we will actually have a part two conversation. Um, (laughs) But I really do want to get to part of the book that was always in my own personal journey took me a little while to wrap my mind around. I want to talk about Key 12. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot in the books for those of you listening. There's a lot here that is just so absolutely important and beautiful. Um, the one, though, that I relate to at this point in my life is Key 12. And I will say to you, and let's talk about it for a minute. I'll say to you that for a really long time in my life, I didn't really get it, you know, especially in the early stages of, of, of you know, my, jabri- my sobriety journey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just didn't get uh-huh. it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm, gonna, you gotta, I, I'm just like, you, I'm going to do what? What? 
you, you know, you want me to be in service of who? You got to be kidding. I can, I'm trying to get up today. Um, and actually, during during the early parts of things, I wasn't sure, Esther, if I would ever get here. But I am here. Yeah. And something you say over and over and over in the, in, in the book has to do with the faith and the essence of believing that you will get there. Right. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about loving service because that's my go-to place now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, people say to me, you know, how many hours of radio are you doing? What are you doing? What? You know, why? Is, why? What do you, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God. It's not the way the world perceives it. It is loving service, and it's like breathing to me. I wanted to ask yeah. you, what was it about this key in your own personal journey, you know, that created a level of consciousness in your life that becomes now the cornerstone for everything you do? Well, personally for me, that was not an easy step for me. Me either. You know, um, because um, selfishness and self-seekingness, that, that we believe is the root of our problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... And when I first got sober, I mean, for many years into my sobriety, I was so self-obsessed. You know, I was not about going out of my way to serve anybody unless there was something in it for me, you know. And so that was another layer, you know. And we have layers of areas in our lives where we heal, you know. So you might be like, oh, wow, this layer has has been transmuted and requalified and uh, you know, I, I'm in a new paradigm, you know, in this certain area of my life. And then there's this other area that has not been nurtured and, you know, has not come into alignment with your wholeness. And, you know, through my years of being a spiritual practitioner and spiritual therapist and really working, practicing these keys and getting really clear that I can't transmit something that I don't have. You know, I can't be of service to other people unless I am reconnected to the truth of who I am, where it's not a selfless act, a selfish act. It's not about, I'm going to do this for you if if I can get something back, or I'm going to do this, you know, hoping that the universe kicks me down some extra goodies because I just did this, you know, but just from this place of knowing that we are one and mm. that I am my brother's keeper. And that when I give love, you know, when I help someone do something or when I help someone move or when I lift someone up or when I cook someone a meal, and I don't want anything in return. I just, I'm just serving you because I know that in serving you, I am serving the one. You know, it's, it's, it's a really powerful key. And also, serving someone else is the guaranteed remedy of taking you out of your own fear and worry and self-obsession. When you can completely turn your attention to someone else's issues that you can be of service, then your mind isn't on your issues and you've taken your hands off of it. And voila, the universe now gets to this like, whoa, it's about time you're taking your hands off of that. Now maybe I can handle it. You know what I mean? I so it's, it's a very powerful thing. <laughs> 
I do know what you mean. You know, yeah. I, I want to talk to that um, in in these last minutes we have by something else you say. And, it, you know, for those of you out there that pick up these books and you actually don't read the last page, please read the last page of this book or at least the page before the acknowledgments. One of the things that I want to really talk to is there are two things, actually, I was really struck by. Um one of them is a statement you make where you say, spirit can only do for you what it does through you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's worth a conversation for you and I um, mm-hmm. for a little bit. I think it's one of the toughest ideas for people to understand, especially if you come to the table with a belief about God being something other, uh, something on the outside or something different, something that's a good, bad, or evil. Um what would you say to folks to help them embrace that idea uh, of spirit and allow spirit to actually do through us? We well, still that, struggle with spirit being an entity all of its own. Right, and I would right. love for you to talk to this. Well, before I speak to that, I mm-hmm. am speaking to that, but but understand that in order to get to that place of understanding or openness that what spirit mm-hmm. does for me, it does through me, mm-hmm. you have to circle back to key one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That I, am the, that I am the power and that it is individualized as me. It's not out there somewhere. It is right where I am. And so I ask people, you know, with deep compassion of, you know, their their belief systems, about God, because, you know, my dad was a Baptist minister, you know, and it has taken me a long time to have a different perspective and a different relationship with this power within myself, to, to take it out of the sky and, 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 and know that it is within um, my very own beingness. So I don't beat people over the head with that. I'm very careful, you know, to just mm-hmm. say, you know what, can you just, in this moment, be willing to put aside what you think you know. I'm not saying that what you know is wrong. I'm saying that there's something even bigger and more expansive than what you know in this moment. Can you just have an open mind just right now while we go through this process so that you can experience it for yourself? Because what I'm telling you, you might get intellectually kind of, how are you going to really get it is through spiritual discernment and your own experience of it. And the only way you can have an experience of it is to, is to go into this with willingness and with an open mind to, to experience something so much more vast and beautiful and amazing than you've ever experienced before beyond who you know yourself to be and beyond who you think God is or what you think God is. Let's just have an open mind and see what happens. Let's experiment. And then by the, by the time we get to a certain place, you are knowing that this power cannot do anything for you because it can't do anything other than what it's doing right now. It's already doing it. It's already it. We just want to line you up with it mm. so, that, so that what it is that you're asking to be done, you're, not only, you're, not, you're no longer asking that it be done. You are accepting that it is done and declaring it so. So that is the process in that. Wow. 
You know, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to just say to our listeners, for those of you out there, um, Esther Nicholson, my very special guest today, the book is Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction. Please give out your website one more time and let folks know how they can find about, about you, about the workshops you're going to be doing, and all of yes. the above. My, my tour schedule, um, how to uh, book me as a speaker or workshop facilitator, um, the, the the online course that we're giving on 12 Keys to Healing Addiction, all of that is on www.soulrecovery.org. And I just want to say really briefly to not let that title turn you off, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction, and you're thinking, oh, I'm not a drug addict, I'm not an alcoholic. Look at those areas in your life where you're out of control, where you feel like you have no control and you've lost the power to choose. And if you've lost the power to choose over your emotions, over your procrastination, over your relationships, whatever, this book is for you. I think that, you know, I'm so glad, by the way, that you have pointed that out um, because – in in the in the journey of life, one of the one of the authors that uh, I was given I was given a book uh, when I was younger, and I didn't fully appreciate it till I got older. The book was you know written by a gentleman named Viktor Frankl, and you know I was given this book and uh, and and I didn't understand. My boss gave it to me actually. You know now that says something when your boss gives you a book <laughs> by Viktor Frankl. Um, and it took me three years to actually open the book and read it. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it took me that long. You weren't ready for it until then. I was not ready. For, I was not yeah. ready. For it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was like, I just, you know, why do I even want to read that thing? Um, <laughs> and the same way. With the spiritual journey, for really long, while, really long time, you know, it was very difficult. And for those of you out there, very difficult to even say the word Jesus. Yet I had an extraordinarily brilliant relationship with Jesus as a seven-year-old. Brilliant. It actually got me thrown out of Catholic boarding school. Yeah. Um, and here we fast forward to a time and an age where people talk about the rise of consciousness, people talk about spirituality, people talk about a connection to each each other in such an incredible way. And I wanted to ask you, are we living in a time of higher consciousness? And is it because technology is the gift of God that connects us in many ways? Or Are we standing on the vibrational shoulders of all that have come before, or is it something else? I think it's all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that because this universal presence is infinite, that there's no one answer. It's, you know, it it uses anything that it can to get its, to to reveal itself as, as the truth of everything and everyone. And so I think that everything that you just said is all a part of it, you know, and that because it is immutable um, principle, that it is, it just is, and that it will not be denied because it is all that there is, that is omnipotent. So whatever is needed, you know, to for this shift to happen, that's what's happening. The Internet, 
you know, the vibration of those that have come before us. You know, people are coming into this. Babies are being born at a different vibrational frequency of awareness, you know. So I believe that it's just a time that has come for awakening, and awakening is definitely happening. I love it. Esther, I have one last question, but first I want to thank you, not just for coming on the show, but I really want to thank you for uh, stepping out into the world and saying yes to being of such loving service for so many people. I want to thank you for that. Uh, you certainly inspire me. Um, thank you, the- Dr. Pat, for having me. So I want to say that to you. Thank you mm-hmm. for having me on this show. Mm-hmm. What I would love to do is just ask you, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you. My personal message to everyone is it's already done. That thing that you want, that thing that you need, it's already done. It is your birthright. There's nothing withheld from you, and there is nothing against you other than the belief that something is against you, that everything, that this entire universe is truly supporting you to have the life that you desire. And I'm not saying that to be all woo-woo and, you know, all spiritual and all of that. I'm telling you what I know. And I want you to believe me that the life that you desire is waiting for you and is constantly inviting you to say yes to it. And I know that it might be hard to say yes to it. But don't give up. Say yes, and let's get to work so you can have what you deserve. Mm. I'm all in. (laughs) 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 Esther Nicholson, everyone. Thank you, Esther. Thank you so much. Wow. For those of you out there, if you've missed any part of this show, it is going to be available to you in a couple days. All you need to do is go to the Dr. Pat Show dot com or transformation talk radio and check it out if you if you want to hear a beautiful voice uh we didn't talk about your music today um no. we're gonna you're gonna have to do another show we're gonna i know another <laughs> music show uh go check it out esther nicholson everyone thank you for tuning us in turning us on we'll see you next time on the dr pat show awesome thank you you dr. bet pat. have a good one everyone <laughs> There's a great hunger in this world for new lines of thought, because everywhere you look, they say that joy can just be bought. So please come and set aside some time to relax from frenetic. Transform your life. It takes a while, but results are magnetic. We aim to grasp the best in life and track the ways we grew. The how, the why, the what, wherefore, all this we share and do. But every now and then, we hope that you will share right back. 
Transformation Talk Radio wants you to hop on track. So calling all hosts, tall and small, of every size and hue, there's nobody we'd rather have to tell your tale than you. And if you have a tale to tell of how your life is changing, we'd love to hear you on the line say how you're rearranging. So run, don't walk, to call us now. We'll set you up and show you how. Hi, this is Dr. Pat. Join our radio family. Send us an email, host at transformationtalkradio.com or call 1-800-930-2819. Host your own show. Let us help you bring your voice to the world. 